Hub Hopper Originals. This is his first ball. Through the gap, on the offside, listen to it. हेलो हेलो कैसे हैं आप सही पहचाना आपने मैं हूं सुमेध अरे वही क्रिकेट वाला बंदा सीधा आपके पास ओनली फॉर यू वाया द क्रिकेट न्यूज डॉट कॉम पॉडकास्ट विद सुमेध बिलगी एंड आई एम बैक अगेन विथ अ न्यू एडिशन एंड ऑन द शो टू नाइट वी डिस्कस द लेटेस्ट फ्रॉम आई पी एल अकॉर्डिंग टू रिपोर्ट इस साल की आई खेली जाएगी इन ईदर यू और श्रीलंका द डेवलपमेंट ऑफ द फील्ड इन द वेस्ट इंडीज वर्सेज इंग्लैंड सीरीज इंक्लूडिंग Sam Curran falling sick on Wednesday night the calls to sack Phil Simmons as head coach of West Indies and the guest on the show tonight is a contracted international cricketer who took up full time policing during the covid-19 outbreak that's right she's a cop some great stories from her you don't want to miss out on that swagat hai aapka on thecricketnews.com podcast All right a story that we've been tracking all along is this year's edition of the IPL earlier there were some major doubts on the tournament being held this year however in the last few days there have been some reports which initially indicated hosting the whole tournament in mumbai could be a possibility with three stadiums and enough hotels to house all the teams mumbai was being looked as the venue but with cases going up i think that could now be looked away from but the latest development is that this year's IPL could be held abroad specifically UAE or Sri Lanka cricketnews.com reported this in May itself via Sandeepan Banerjee about UAE being interested and approaches being made for the same and it seems like that conversation has picked up steam in the last couple of weeks however it seems like a lot has to happen for the tournament to take place so we'll have to wait and see how that goes Lekin the exciting bit is that there is some live international cricket coming up next week with West Indies tour of England. This Wednesday June the 8th marks a very important day. June 8th will go down in history as the official return of international cricket post the COVID-19 outbreak around the world. I think that deserves a round of applause. The first test between England and the West Indies will be played at Southampton. India time of the game will be 3:30 p.m. So finally ab dopahar mein you don't have to force yourself to sleep because you have nothing to do right On a serious note this series is obviously being played on the premise that utmost precaution will be taken place hum players ko test karenge for covid-19 unko ikattha nahi rakhenge at all times aur team hotel tatha stadium venue ke bahar jaane nahi denge But an incident involving West Indies's Phil Simmons has caused a ton of controversy The head coach of West Indies Phil Simmons needed to attend his father-in-law's funeral. He took permission from the management and attended the funeral. Ab funeral ke baad Simmons 7 din ke isolation period mein rehkar lautne wale the team ke sath. Lekin the fact that West Indies gave Simmons the permission to go out of the biosecure environment and the fact that he stepped out willingly has led to a ton of debate. Barbados Cricket Association ke ek bhai sahab ne to ye bhi bol diya ki Simmons ko nikal dijiye as head coach because he has put the players at risk. Coming to the host England, it seems like Sam Curran has picked up an illness and naturally ye news har jagah trend kar rahi thi on Friday. According to reports, Sam is self isolating in his room at the Aegis Bowl after falling ill on Wednesday night. He's had sickness and vomiting. ECB ने स्टेटमेंट तो रिलीज कर दिया कि सैम करन हैज बीन मॉनिटर्ड बाय द टीम डॉक्टर थ्रू आउट एंड वाज टेस्टेड फॉर कोविड 19 अर्लियर टुडे 
England have been at the Aegis Bowl since June 23rd with a 30-member training group. So hopefully this is just a normal illness and nothing else or else this could be pretty bad. Okay, coming to matters closer to the bat and ball side of cricket which gets overshadowed so easily these days. England will be keen to begin their summer in the best possible way, obviously. However, the team will have a slightly different look to it given that Joe Root will not be available for the opening test because he will be with his wife ahead of the birth of their child. And in Root's absence, Ben Stokes has been chosen as the man to lead England. Stokes will make his captaincy debut for England in rather unnatural times and here's how he is approaching the situation. Let's listen to Ben Stokes. To be honest, um, giving it a little bit of thought, haven't really dived into it yet. You know, it's all about, for me at the moment, it's all about preparing um, and, you know, getting to the level that I want to be, um, you know, two, three days out before the first test match test match starts. Um, but, you know, I, I know that I've got to keep, because we've got so many new players in this, you know, we've got such a big squad at the moment that, um, there's so many players that you've got to keep your eye on and, you know, asking how, because we're in split training at the moment, um, it's tough to be able to see everybody. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, I haven't fully dived into the to the whole idea yet on purpose. Um, I'm just waiting for the right time to, to do that. Hmm, it'll be very interesting to see how Stokes goes about his captaincy debut. I'm very excited to finally welcome cricket back into our Sunsan lives and I have a feeling that it's going to be much, much closer a contest than people think it will. Okay, time now for a guest on our show tonight. Well, we were talking about the West Indies and England series being played during the pandemic and the number of people involved in making it happen, including hospitality staff, ground staff, the police and others. Their contribution is absolutely invaluable in making the series happen, obviously, like it has been in the world's fight against COVID-19. And my guest on this episode of the podcast is, as I told you at the beginning of the show, has been playing for New Zealand's women's cricket team, the White Ferns, and been a part of the police force for almost a decade now. And during the pandemic, she took up being a part of the police to do her duty towards her country. And if you think that is commendable, wait till she tells you about how she works with young people to change their lives for the better and what is her vision for New Zealand in the time to come. Ladies and gents, it gives me so much joy to welcome White Ferns cricketer and youth development officer in New Zealand, Katie Perkins. You're listening to the CricketNews.com podcast. Kia ora, Katie Perkins. Thank you. Good to be here. I hope I got that right. Yeah, no, it's very good. I'm very impressed. It's something I try to use daily as well. Um, even though it's not my first language, um, Māori, it's a language I'd love to learn. So you're, you're, on, you're on the ball. It's really good. First ball out of the park, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight away. You got your eye in. That's good. But I, I just love that phrase. It, it's so wonderful, you know, because you can use it in a number of ways, right? To to not just greet someone, but to also express gratitude. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it means like a lot of things. Like I don't know, someone does me a favor. Kiora, like it's you can use it for thank you, use it for greetings, um, use it in agreement with with someone. If someone says something that you agree with, like Kiora, yeah, that's. That's onto it. So, yeah, it's it's very um, can be used in plenty of different contexts for sure. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's wonderful. I think I'm going to be using it a lot as well now on. Nice. Nice. That's great. Um, Katie, uh, what I, I think it'd be nice if you could introduce yourself because you, you're much more than, than, you know, just a cricketer. There is so many sides to you. Um, so kia ora. I'm Katie Perkins. I, um, am born and bred in New Zealand, uh, grew up in Auckland, um, and my family, uh, I guess all um, immigrants to this country in a way after a few generations. Um, my roots are way back um, over in England and the United Kingdom. Um, but yeah, I've cricket's been a part of my life since a young age. It was um, a real a sport that my family really enjoyed, particularly on my mum's side. And so growing up around uh, my family, just a bat in hand became a pretty um, normal thing, especially during summertime over here. And yeah, I guess my goal and my dream was to always play cricket for New Zealand one day. And that's what drove me um, in all the, sort of my main decisions I made growing up and how I could be the best cricketer I could be. And then over time, um, but with cricket obviously not being professional for women in New Zealand, I had to find another career as well. And after finishing high school, doing a bit of university, um, I ended up joining the New Zealand police in 2013. And so I've had the privilege, I guess, of representing my, my country in both sport and in a professional um, work career as well. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. So you've been, you've been actually uh, a part of the police force since 2013. That's, that's really nice to know. How's that been like, you know, balancing, balancing uh, a career, you know, like you said, a work, work career and also playing cricket for your country? Yeah, so I guess back in um, 2013, when I joined, um, went to police college, at that point, the the women's game hadn't really yet accelerated off uh, as much as right. it obviously is now. So the commitments weren't as huge. Um, and I I had did have a job, obviously, prior to um, joining the police. I For two years, I worked for New Zealand Rugby League just because mm-hmm. my studies had involved um, studying sport and business. So a job at New Zealand Rugby League came up and I was fortunate enough to get that. And so it was actually during that time of um, of working in my first job and getting a bit of um, real life experience and perspective that I right. became actually a much more balanced person. And my my big dream and goal of playing cricket for New Zealand um, as much as it had consumed me growing up, I once I got a, a full-time job away from cricket, I became a better person. And then as a result, it was part of what then made me a better cricketer um, in the season of 2011 and 12. And it was as a result of that season, I then debuted um, for New Zealand, which was an amazing feeling. To, to achieve your lifelong goal was was something I'll never forget. And so that's what also now my job in the police allows just great balance in life, not just cricket is everything. I have something else that I'm equally as passionate about. Yeah, when you said, um, you know, your, your time in the, in the police force sort of helped you um, become a better person and take on international cricket better. Uh, what do you mean mm-hmm. by that? Could you give us an insight into that? 
within the police, you know, you're seeing people on their worst days constantly. You're seeing yeah. people who are really having things tough. And so it just puts life in perspective. It gives things a much different value. So um, me going out and not having the best day on the cricket field is nothing compared to some of the hardships that people within my own community are going through. And so just that perspective alone um, made me enjoy my cricket more, whether it was good mm -hmm. or bad, um, and made me grateful for the opportunities I was given as well. And yeah, it, it, and still, I struggle. At times, I totally still lose my perspective on things. But um, yeah, it's, it is a real blessing. So my role now, I, I'm a youth engagement officer, which means I work with young people who are just starting to come to police attention. And, you know, you don't start to come to police attention for no reason. It's, it's going to be because things in your current circumstance, in your family situation or within school aren't going well for you. So, so to see the blessed upbringing I've had um, the amazing opportunities I get with um, playing international cricket and the trip that brings and the other amazing things um, to then go to work the next day and um, try help a young person who's struggling with the family violence that's going on in their home or um, struggling with starting to use alcohol and drugs to overcome the pain in their life. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real leveller. And, um, yeah, again, something yeah. – it's horrible to see people in that situation, but I'm grateful I have the opportunity to hopefully make a positive impact at the same time. Yeah, in the same vein, uh, I actually read a story, a brief story, actually, of how you helped um, a, a Maori island girl uh, to sort of mm -hmm. uh, realign, realign her life using boxing, I guess. What's that story about? Yeah. Well, so that, yeah, her name's Nikita and okay. this, that young person just changed my, changed my life, to be honest. So it was during my time of working alongside her while she was um, having to go through what we call over here, the youth justice system. She, she committed um, some s sort of serious offences and... I ended up sort of, I guess, mentoring her um, pretty informally. There was no formal process that, that occurred. It was just yeah. that as part of my role at the time, I, I yeah. met up with her and just built a really cool little relationship there. And um, she trusted me, which was, you know, that's massive to get, get the person's young person's trust is the, mm -hmm. from there you can, you can really make a difference. So, gained her trust and yeah, got her into some boxing and just got her exposed to real positive things, which she hadn't had the opportunity to, to experience before because maybe the family couldn't afford to provide her opportunities with stuff or um, maybe she'd made the odd poor um, or circumstances in her life meant that yeah. going along to, to some extracurricular activity were not a priority so yeah working with her and seeing the realities that our young people deal with that's what inspired me to um sort of shift my focus in the police and just jump 
all in and work in that youth space um, for, I know now it's been a good couple of years or so now, and I just love it. It's time for a break on the cricketnews.com podcast. On the other side, Katie talks to us about her experiences of being in the police force full-time during the COVID-19 outbreak in New Zealand. Stay with us, please. Welcome back to the cricketnews.com podcast. We're in conversation with White Ferns cricketer and youth development police officer in New Zealand, Katie Perkins. So has your role uh, sort of changed in wake of the pandemic uh, now with the police force? Um, yeah, my role definitely changed for a good couple of months or so. Well, mm-hmm. when we went into level four lockdown um, back in the end of March, I, like obviously we weren't allowed to go do our home visits or any unnecessary visits with um, anyone in the community was was out of bounds for us. So thankfully I was allowed to go. So normally I work part-time and part-time yeah. cricket, but because yeah. um, cricket wasn't really an essential service either at that time, um, yeah. I went back full-time with the police uh, over the times that we were in level three and level four lockdown. And that, it just meant pretty much patrolling around and, checking no one was breaching the restrictions and stuff that the government had put in place uh, for the country. And it was a very, very different sort of time uh, to police. And, but it was, it was cool. Like level four to, you know, I owned the streets pretty much driving around in the police car. It was insane. But yeah, that, that was mainly how, how my role changed. But um, now that we sort of, once we got into level two, which was sort of about, a month or so ago now, yeah, probably just a month ago, I've been able to be back in my normal role, which has been really cool to catch up with the young people again. How have the people dealt with the pandemic, though, especially in New Zealand? Um, what were your observations like? People, people were just so willing to help one another, and people got out to learn who their neighbours were. Like, I'm not sure what it, what the culture is like in India, but over in New Zealand, unfortunately, we've ended up in a society where you can go for years without actually really knowing who your neighbours are. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the pandemic forced us to get to know who was on the other side of the fence from you and, and that sort of thing. So um, that alone was really amazing. And then, yeah, people would, would, were flooding Facebook with um, various you know, street get-togethers. Well, when I say get-togethers, like um, street groups. Socially so distant. I can help. Yeah, I, socially distant yeah, get-togethers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, or, you know, I live at number 28. Um, whoever, if you know, if I know that Nancy down the road at number 30 needs some help with this. Is there anyone who can maybe do some shopping when they're out next for this? Like, mm-hmm. just little interactions like that that really brought community together. And I, I hope that um, we won't lose that too quickly um, now that we're sort of, for New Zealand anyway, we're out yeah. of the um, lockdown side of things. No, it's the little things that really go a long way. Uh, absolutely. I mean, people's, uh, I think people have combated loneliness a lot in a time like this. Mm. You know, like you said, staying alone, not being able to go out. Um, it's also, you know, summertime for a lot of the European nations and, and uh, you know, around the world as well. Not going out during the summer, that I think was, yeah. was pretty bad for everyone. Um, but the good bit is, I guess, New Zealand's sort of opening up, isn't it? Now? Yeah, we're, 
we're opening up within New Zealand. Our borders are still um, very strict on who's allowed back in. Obviously, New yeah. Zealand um, citizens uh, are obviously allowed back. It's it's their human right to be to be back in their own country. Um, but yeah, and even our government has been a little bit in trouble recently, just around some of maybe the slack um, mm-hmm. or slack-looking restrictions or processes that were being done with the quarantine enforced quarantine hotels and stuff but um mm-hmm. this is also like you know we don't go through a pandemic every two years or anything this everyone's learning Absolutely. together at the same time so um mm-hmm. a little bit of grace probably needs to be given to those of course trying to work yeah. through it so yeah i think i think everyone's everyone's trying to do their best no one wants this virus to get out in new zealand again that would be the worst thing for everyone more stories on the other side of this break on the cricketnews.com podcast. Uh, do not go anywhere. Welcome back to the cricketnews.com podcast. Katie Perkins from the White Ferns is on the show today. Do you think cricket could play an important role once New Zealand sort of crawls back towards normalcy in the time to come? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, we saw that back when New Zealand um, shared the hosting of the Men's World Cup uh, with Australia just you know a few years back and right. it used that that brought New Zealand together amazingly and what's exciting is that we have the Women's World Cup scheduled to be hosted here yeah um yeah. earlier next year obviously you know we hope COVID um disappears somewhat and and ICC can work through their their plans around that but all going to plan um it's pretty awesome that we've got a world event here in New Zealand that should excite people and and definitely has the opportunity to bring people together again. And now that we're in level one, then we're allowed to have big crowd yeah. stadiums and stuff again. Then heck, what an awesome opportunity that um, we could get quite a lot of fans out watching our World Cup next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think the Austra- the World Cup last year, the Women's World Cup, um, you know, last mm. year, the T20 World Cup, uh, you know, was was pretty interesting to watch for a fact for the simple fact that you know there were so many eyeballs uh, deservedly on deservedly on the World Cup finally right on the Women's World Cup is mm. that a motivator um, for you you know knowing that that a lot of people are now definitely set to watch the World Cup next year um, I don't know if it's it's a motivator it's it's exciting I guess if anything it it's uh, reminds us of the responsibility we have to um, still train hard and perform well and take the game to new levels because we want to thank those who are watching with quality cricket. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe I see it as a responsibility um, as opposed to anything to, to honour the people who are watching us. And uh, what's the one thing that you that you believe um, will be the most important factor in making the tournament a success? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, I think just be innovative around how how they promote us and promote the fact, yeah, that we're women athletes and look what we're still doing and look at um, look at how awesome these these women are some you know some aren't full-time cricketers and and look what they're doing as well as cricket and 
yeah, just really focus on the amazing women that are involved in the game. Like parents, parents are crying out for quality role models for their, for their kids. And you, Mm. you can look at any international team and there are some amazing role models within every single one. So um, I think really jumping on that and highlighting the amazing people involved in cricket, um, that could be, that could be what sort of pushes the women's game even further when they see the awesome people involved. That's absolutely spot on. I couldn't agree more. Um, um, and obviously, I'm sure you'd be sort of preparing towards the World Cup now. Uh, I mean, 2021, not too, not too far yeah. away. We're already halfway into 2020. Time flying by. Yeah. Um, so you've yeah. begun training, sure have you now? Yep, back into training. So um was back in the nets once they opened up again in June. So, well, beginning of June. And mm-hmm. after my first hit, I thought I wanted to retire because it was scratchy. It was pretty poor. Um, but I, I came back a couple of days later and with a bit, bit of a better mindset. And, um, yeah, I'm not retiring. So we're good. Um, Sorry. And then, okay, now, easy on yeah, it's just... <laughs> I know. Oh, honestly, if you'd been there, you'd think mm, maybe you're done. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, now it's just um, training and various like gym and strength and conditioning and stuff, just mm-hmm. the usual between now and then. And sort of end of July, I've got my first camp with a group of the White Ferns. Because of COVID, we've had to sort of change up how we do things. We can't. We're not going to have a full group a full white fern squad camp all together in the mm-hmm. one place they're going to be mm-hmm. broken up into north and south island so uh, i think that's a win for me because it means i get to go to the sunny mount monganui and the south island oh. girls have to go into shivering cold lincoln and christchurch so um yeah being being win, in the win. north island has had its huge positives for me <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously always ask all my guests what are their plans with the future because, it's, mm-hmm. you know, planning your life is such an important thing. And, and I realize that a lot of cricketers, um, once they sort of move into the second decade of their of their career, sort of start thinking about their life post the game. Um, yeah. But but with you, Katie, it's it's so wonderful because you're sort of uh, you're you're sort of already balancing two careers. Um, and so, yeah. and, and, and because, you know, you mentioned how, you know, you work with, with young people, uh, or, you know, and you've been working with young people already. Um, is that something that on your mind that you would sort of take to the next level as you sort of head towards a life post cricket? Yeah, I think so. I think if I, if I was to finish cricket tomorrow, um, I would be full time with the police and yeah, working really hard with the young people in the communities that I police in and um, just really working on the relationships with the various organisations and partners that um, the police work with as well, just to create the best possible outcomes for the young people that we work Mm -hmm. with. So that would be my absolute, um, that would be what I'd be doing tomorrow if I retired today. Um, But also sort of longer, longer term, I have a real heart to see um, sort of the way we do justice with people who offend in New Zealand. Love to see that yeah. done a bit differently. I feel we mm. put too many people in the court system when there's mm. other ways to resolve things and we give up on people too easy. So 
um, yeah, I'd love to see New Zealand change its mindset a bit and um, work to particularly help our minority groups and our Indigenous people, so Māori and Pacific Islanders who get overrepresented in our crime stats and prison stats, um, that's because the system is failing them. So I'd love to help change that, pretty much. To conclude, I'd like to say kia ora, stay blessed, thank you for everything. I mean, at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're, the whole world is sort of understanding, uh, you know, the work that's been put into saving as many lives as possible and making sure yeah. uh, we sort of stay well. Um, you know, by the medical community, but also by our police community. Um, and mm-hmm. to see that, you know, you've sort of so wonderfully uh, managed the game and also gone about uh, your responsibilities in, your, in, in the police space is absolutely wonderful. And, uh, you know, I want to pay my, play my part and say kia ora to you. Kia ora. No, thanks, Amid. Appreciate it. All right. Excellent. Do you have a final thought that you'd like to sort of leave uh, the episode with? Um, yeah, I just guess massive um, shout out to everyone who's obviously following your, following your page and your work. And um, I want to give a real encouragement to obviously everyone who is struggling across the world at this time of, of COVID-19. It's really unprecedented. So, you know, it's not, not every day, you get to be a hero and and it's not like you're out there diving in front of cars, pushing people out of the way and stuff. It's staying at home is being a hero. So um, don't forget that. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the cricketnews.com podcast. If you liked this episode, then please press subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our latest episodes. And latest cricket matches ke coverage, ke liye, log on to www.cricketnews.com. Keep your and just remember that no matter what you face, this too shall pass. Jaldi milenge. Bye-bye. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर-अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कंटेंट